0: listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is the podcast in which we take issues that are affecting people around the world and we break them down. And something, Dr. Keith, well, first of all, let me just say every week we tackle an international issue. The issue today that we're going to tackle here on Global Truths is a little bit different. It is a universal issue, but it's one that we're facing here at home in Australia, and it's very topical. My name's Kate Mack. Dr. Keith and I have worked together for a number of years. You're an expert in international relations and uh, have been commentator in Australian media for years. Working from home, Dr. Keith, with the COVID around the world, people have been in lockdown on and off for you know 18 months now. It's really changed the way we are as people, the way we're working, which is what we want to talk about today. And that is that working from home isn't great necessarily. (laughs) There are some risks
1: involved. There are risks. I've got to say that uh, I wrote about the risks of working from home originally about, about 18 months ago when COVID started to occur. We had schools closing down. We had homeschooling. We had people working from home. And I had in my mind, as I still am, sort of conflicting thoughts about working from home. One of the major reasons why Australia has become more productive in the last 18 months is that people are not driving to work. <laughs> that's, that, that's where work from home is going to appear in our economic statistics <laughs> because people are not wasting their time driving to work or catching a train or a bus. So that is certainly going to be a boost to Australian productivity. On the other hand, there are also some risks. So what I thought I might do is just say a little about what we mean by work and how we invented work, and how we are now reinventing work. So work was invented in Britain about 1750. Before that time, there were really no jobs. You worked on the land. It was a farming society in Britain or or anywhere else. And you cultivated the land so there'd be times of the year when you'd be working incredibly hard, such as the harvest, bringing all the food in, and there'd be other times of the year when you were allowed to relax because the seeds were growing in the soil or whatever. There was therefore no daily repetitive idea of Monday to Friday, nine to five idea of work. And then around 1750, this is a date which economists give. It doesn't have to be exactly 1750, but it's the one that we tend to work with. Around 1750, Britain enters a completely new economic era and it's called the Industrial Revolution. So wealth increasingly did not come from the land but came from manufacturing, and that was done in factories. And it meant that humans became adjuncts to machines. And so the machines had to start at the same time and had to finish at the same time each day. And so suddenly we were redefining work and we we were creating this thing called jobs. And so the job was something whereby an employer would say, let me have a certain amount of your time for which I will give you a certain amount of money. And so you need to um, crop up every day, Monday to, well, in the old days, something like Monday to Saturday midday. So you would then be working for a set amount of time, set amount of money, and, and you know, the idea of Monday to Friday has become the set pattern, particularly in the Western world. And we're just so accustomed to it. It used, as I say, it used to be also Saturday morning. And then that was uh, abolished, that work, unless, of course, you're in a shop or whatever. And so, generally speaking, most people Monday to Friday, nine to five. I believe that we're now reinventing work and how it is done. Because thanks to technology and now being pushed along by COVID, the argument about COVID is that it has accelerated changes that were probably going to take place, but it's forced the pace of change a lot faster than anybody would have assumed. And so what COVID has done is to close down offices, which are only just slowly reopening in places like Australia and New Zealand, and in some parts of the world, of course, still not open, and It has forced people to work from home and you link that with the computer revolution, right? Working from home would not have been possible 40 years ago unless you were manufacturing things at home, which is what used to happen before the Industrial Revolution got underway. So you'd make your own clothing and you do that at home. But generally speaking, with computers and with a kick-along from COVID, a whole new era of work has emerged. And thanks to computers... We can monitor people's productivity. So we can tell if somebody is on the machine. And we're also developing what are called affective computers. So the computers who understand how you're feeling. If you're running into difficulty, the computer, in effect, will slow down and work with you as you try to get your head around the problem. So these are called affective computers. So we're really only at the beginning of the computer revolution or Moore's law. Who knows where we will be in 30 years' time in terms of this. But what we can say is that the revolution so far has enabled us to redefine what it is to have a job and the work that we're doing and certainly been very significant in terms of changing the conditions laid down by the Industrial Revolution. And I might also say that schooling was also invented in 1750. Because children prior to 1750, remember we just pulled this figure out of the air, children before 1750 were going to learn about farming, and they did that by working alongside their parents in the fields. So they learned about the farming by watching their parents. After 1750, some of the parents went off to work in the factories or the coal mines. The children went their own separate way into a thing called school. And so they were being prepared for the world of work. And the Victorians used to call schools factories of the mind because you take in this raw material at the age of five and you process them through to the age of 17 or 18. And some of them go on to another bit of the production line, which is called university. Others might go into the workforce. So everything revolves around that factory paradigm. And so we're now moving away from that era we're going into a whole new world of work, I think, and there are advantages and disadvantages of that.
0: You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. We're talking about ways of working, where work came from, how it eventuated over the years, the last couple of hundred years since its invention. And uh, how we're working now in this COVID era and the impacts of working from home, much of the world has been in lockdown for a very long time now, on and off for 18 months. So we're going to look at that in just a moment. But, Keith, the origins of work are interesting.
1: Yes, indeed. So my feeling is that we will look back at this COVID period as a really remarkable period in human history for those who survive, right? The British government, which has got the world's best statistics on national economies had to go back to the year 1704 to come across another time of such a rapid economic decline. Not two world wars, not the Great Depression, not the slump of 1890. They had to go back 300 years to find an equivalent period of economic crash. So COVID has been really historic. But what is I find fascinating is how we have been able to reinvent ourselves for working at home. And there are obviously advantages, I've said. Working from home has made us more productive. We're not sitting in a car or a bus or a train commuting to work. So that's obviously an advantage. But I think there are some risks of, of working from home. One is that people will be missing out on the office interactions. So a worker is being seen and heard around the office and they're there for informal conversations. And so when there are new tasks, they're the ones who are going to be first thought of, somebody who's working from home may become virtually invisible. So as Woody Allen, my favourite philosopher, would say, 80% of life is showing up on the day. <laughs> <laughs> and when I look back over my own life, so often it's been a series of coincidences I've been in the right place at the right time.
0: And working home, you're not running into those people anymore. Exactly. You're not putting yourselves in any of those positions anymore. You're not hearing those Fortuitous conversations either over water no, coolers exactly. or Exactly,
1: yeah, and the water cooler, as the Americans would say. That, for me, is, is a, a major risk. Um, also, um, working from home works if you've already made personal contacts. So I can already picture you if we're working from home. But let's just assume that we're starting in a new team. We don't know who the other members of the team are, And of course, you can go on to Zoom or whatever, but quite often it's the informal, well, the American expression, standing around the water cooler where you get to know people. And it's interesting in professions where you have a sort of apprentice, although they wouldn't like the use of that term, uh, like an auditing firm, when you join, you're assigned to a partner and that partner will help you into the business. Well, that's very difficult to do if, if everyone's on Zoom. You actually need that personal contact with the more senior person within the organisation. Also, there's a whole value of networking. Most jobs that are filled are never advertised. They come about through conversations that people have. Speaking of somebody who's gone through this over the years, of having to advertise, then you've got to have all the interview panels and all the rest of it. If you've got somebody who can say, oh, look, I've got a son who's interested in coming to work right? We can take that person on. It makes life a lot easier. So you know the parents, you know the person will come from a good family, you know a bit about the schooling, so you give the person a go. If they're not particularly good, well then they can go after within the three months. So personal contacts are so important. And and the whole issue of the technical term now is social capital. In other words, that you need to have good social capital. You need to be talking to people and engaging with them, and there's also what's called the strength of weak links. In other words, to, to get to know a lot of people and any one of whom might be of use to you later on. So that's the strength of weak links. So your networks represent your net worth. So if, if you're working from home, I don't think you're able to develop those networks nearly as well as encountering people in the corridor at work or whatever. So that's another risk in terms of your long-term employment uh, capacity. And, of course, one has to also acknowledge that isolation has many downsides. It's contributing to the mental health issues. And, of course, the World Health Organization has argued that mental health will overtake physical health to be this century's main source of health Issues.
0: I don't doubt it. The amount of people, Keith, that I know personally who have had issues during lockdown is extraordinary. And then you've got this, not just mental health issues, but you've also got a more subtle version, which is just that slight shift where they pull back from society. They don't really want to go once we open up. You know, once, you know, all societies open up, they don't really want to get back into the world. They are changed. Yeah. Humans.
1: Yeah. Mm. And I might say, anybody who is worried about this, I recommend getting in touch with Lifeline 131114 and they'll be able to give you some assistance. And my final risk, which I would identify, is that anyone who can work from home long-term means that they're doing work which doesn't necessarily need to be done in Australia. So my fear is we're going to see a lot more offshoring of routine work, already someone has said that somewhere between a third and two thirds of tax returns in the United States are actually compiled in India. So you go down to see your accountant and you hand over your papers and you think it's your accountant who's got people at the back who are working (laughs) on your accounts. And your income tax, but in fact, all the stuff goes off to India. My
0: brother-in-law owns a recruiting company, but they're based in the Philippines and Colombia now. And they and what they do is they hire roles in those countries because they're paid a third of what you pay for a role here, an equivalent role of like a PA, yep. an executive assistant, because it's all online essentially. Yep. So you can pay 35, <laughs> 40 grand as opposed to 100 yep. these sorts of roles. And uh, you're exactly right, and that can be done
1: online. Yep, you can have receptionists. It's it's spooky. I've seen examples of this in the United States where you enter the building and this voice comes out of the ceiling making inquiries, who do you want to see? If you want to have a cup of coffee, you're welcome to make it, and they will then point you to the cupboard. You can't see who the person is because they're back in the Philippines or India, but they're actually guiding you because they can see you. You can't see them, but they can see you. So if you're going to the wrong place to get your coffee... They can say, no, it's in the other cupboard or whatever. So it, it is amazing what we can do through information technology. And so my fear for Australians is that if they're getting so accustomed to working from home, they might ultimately end up getting replaced by somebody who's cheaper who's overseas. Now, that also gives rise to all sorts of security issues, and we've seen that in the United States because the US government has outsourced a lot of its intelligence work. And then you get people who then, of course, reveal what they know. That's a whole separate issue. But for me, it serves as a warning that if you offshore data, then your own data may well be misused. It could be misused in Australia, but it might also be, be misused overseas. So for me, the bottom line is that we're going through a major transition in the history of work. We are redefining work, and although working from home has certainly increased Australian productivity, it has also got a certain number of risks that we need to reflect on.
0: So I guess the advice is...
1: The advice is keep an eye on this space
0: and keep keep an eye on
1: your place. Yeah, in
0: it. (laughs) And try and be ahead of the curve if you can. If you
1: can, yep.
0: Global Truths was presented by Dr Keith Souter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.